Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, you know what, guys? I am so glad you joined us today. I am always happy when you guys tune in. You know, uh, we live in a world that is constantly depressing and discouraging most people. But, you know, we have the hope of eternity. And you know what? We were just talking about it at lunchtime, that the difference between what most people consider hope, you know, hope, I hope I get this, I hope I do this, I hope this happens, meaning that they're not sure, but they hope that it does. I really, really hope it does. But when we talk about the hope, that is in us for eternity, when we talk about the hope of Christ, we're not talking about something that's unsure. We're talking about something that is completely sure. If you are in Christ Jesus, you have the hope of eternity, which is a guarantee. Mm -hmm. You've been given the Holy Spirit as, as a guarantee that that's taken place. And to date, God has never broken one of his promises. And so there's no reason to ever believe that he would break one now and that you would be lost. Now, I just read a disturbing thing that said 70% of evangelical Christians in the United States believe that there is more than one way to heaven. Well, I've got news for you guys. That is completely wrong. There is only one way, one truth, one life, and that's Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to be exclusionary. I'm not trying to be mean. I pray all the time that everybody will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I know that's not going to happen, but that's my prayer. That's my hope, because there is only one way. You know, I am, I am eternally grateful that, that my wife is now in the arms of Christ. Mm -hmm. I am eternally grateful that someday I will be in those arms. I I was listening to a song that was by a young woman named Mandy Mapes. I never even heard of her before, but it was talking about In the Arms of Christ, and some of the things on her video were just amazing. And so I I come up to these days, these holidays, and, you know, for some reason everybody thinks that I'm going to be depressed at the holidays, and and I don't know what each holiday brings now that I'm by myself, but here's what I do know. I do know that Christ has never left me alone, that Christ will never leave me alone. And so I have a friend of mine on the show today, and his name is Jed. And Jed is uh, employed at the mission. He's a pastor. He just became senior pastor a few months ago at his church. And he has served at the Union Gospel Mission as an employee for quite a while now. And I'm going to let him tell you that. And then also... He was on the streets, he was into drugs, he sold, he bought, he did all those things. I always kid him that his before picture looks like Charles Manson if Charles uh -huh. Manson had gone even worse. But he, and he certainly doesn't look like that now. And I can guarantee you, I know this man very well, he loves Christ with his heart. He is a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. And so I can tell you that from... Scott and Eileen and all the other people that are there, Tim Trenum in the kitchen, all of the people that are surrounding me at the mission, I have the best staff that I, that I believe the mission has ever had. And so 
when people say about how much I have done and how many, many good things, I have to confess to them that I have surrounded my, my, myself with people that do all those things. Uh, you know, and so they run their departments and Jed works for Eileen and, and he is, he, he just is invaluable in the mission. We've got Hannah that just came on and I'm just grateful. And I'm grateful for this time of year because it gives us the opportunity to talk about the birth of our Savior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without that birth, there could have been no life that was lived righteously. And without that righteous life, unsinning, there could have been no atonement for our sins on the cross. And there would be no Easter morning of resurrection. And so. I am grateful that God would reach down from heaven, that he would pay the price that we couldn't pay. And again, I want to reiterate, no, there is only one way. I see those bumper stickers that say coexist, and they've got all the different symbols on them. Uh, I understand that your heart is that you want to get along with everybody, but here's the thing. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you will spend an eternity separated from God, and it will not be in a pleasant place for you. I'm not, I'm not saying that to scare you, although if scaring you brings you to the cross, I'm okay with that. So, Jed, you've uh, been at the mission how long now? I'm going on six and a half years. That's amazing, huh? Yeah, it goes by quick. So, uh, what is happening tomorrow? Tomorrow is my birthday. Oh, right. And it's uh, it's it's actually a monumental day for me because it's also the day that I became a Christian too. Really, on so, your birthday? Yeah, in two thousand and two, on a on a uh, lower bunk in thirty thirty one low in uh, San, Min, California Men's Colonies and San Luis Obispo. That was um, I was going through a really dark time in my thoughts. Um, I had been going to church and I had been reading my Bible. I was playing Christian for many years. Uh, and every time I tried to clean myself up, I kept getting worse and worse. I ended up in prison. And I, there, was a, there was a guy named Mitch that was there that was uh, an Aryan Brotherhood uh, guy that got saved. And he was just a great mentor. He really had patience with me and, and counseled me and and was letting me know that, you know, what was coming out of my mouth wasn't the fruit of a Christian. And so I had to really start thinking about myself. And it was at that point in my thoughts, I realized that I wasn't living up to what I thought a Christian was supposed to be. And it was on my birthday. And, and it was because it was one of those days I was turned, I just turned 38 and uh, no, 37. It was my 37th birthday. And I was, I was, thinking about my life, you know, you, you're getting in, you know, I'm no longer a kid and I'm in prison, lowest place that any person could ever be at. And I really started to get depressed about it, really thinking about my future. And then I thought about, you know, my attempt to be a Christian in my, my works. And, uh, I just got to the point where I just wanted to give up. And it was at that point when, you know, I really felt the Lord impressing on me the realization that it's not about works, it's about faith. And mm-hmm. that's when I put my faith in. I know that was the moment that I put my faith and trust in Christ. And my life changed. It'll be my 19th birthday this year as a Christian tomorrow. 
And it was just great because, um, and I know this will air after my birthday, you know, my birthday, but that's fine. But um, it was really what- the, Not the, too far the, after no, your birthday. But the the point that really made it cool that I know that that was the time was um, I was laying on my bunk while the yard was closed down. And that's what, in, in prison, they do counts and you have to go back to your bunk. And this is when this happened, this event happened. And I had got up and I decided, you know, I kind of felt like there was a weight off my shoulders. So I wanted to go out and, and walk some laps around the yard. So I did. And I came around the first time and Mitch, this mentor, was sitting there watching because there was a little place you could look at the view down the hillside. And it was actually, you know, San Luis Obispo is a pretty place. And yeah, it, this, is. it was it was a nice view. And so he was, you know, I guess he might have been praying. I don't know. But he. I, I saw him as I came around and I locked eyes with him and his eyes got really big and he just said, you got saved, didn't you? And I didn't know what that meant. I said, well, <laughs> I guess, you know, <laughs> I, and so he started mentoring me and that's really what happened. And, you know, a lot of people talk about that, you know, the, the time they came forward and got, and I, and, you know, I, 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 I didn't really realize that till later. And when I thought back, the Lord kept pointing me back to that, that moment that I spent with him in my own quietness on my bed. And that was when he met me. And so, yeah, it is a monumental date for me. And it, it, and you know, I'm, I'm, I always get excited about it. My wife always makes a big deal about it too, because you know, it's not only my birthday, but it's my spiritual birthday. It is, you know, and, and it, and I like how you started the, the show talking about hope because, you know, I think, you know, my wife and I have been talking a lot about that too, because of just, you know, now being a pastor and I have a responsibility, I have a small congregation, but we, we have some personal times of fellowship and, you know, the, you know, people are looking around the world today and just going, what is going on? And, and, you know, and so many people are looking for hope and like the world defines hope, you know, in a negative sense, you know, I hope something happens. I put my hope in this and this might help me. And not realizing that we, as Christians, we have an eternal hope Amen. that can't be taken away from us. Right. And it's, it's a sure It's hope. an assure. It's an expected end, as it's translated in some Bibles. Yes. And so we, that's something that we need to remember and, and, and don't, let our, don't let these horrible things that we see happening around us distract us from that's the right. hope that we have in Christ, that's you right. know, because this life will soon pass and it's... You know, it's it's just as David called it, just a vapor. Yep. And eternity lays before us, and God has such a wonderful plan for eternity for all of us. That you know, you need to put your faith in Christ today. That's what I tell people: don't wait any longer. No, you that's know, right. don't don't you know, save yourself some heartache and find some hope. And then the second thing you mentioned was about statistics, and of course, mm. I always and, and my. The, the pastor that I, that retired that I, we used to have conversations about statistics and there was a book that came out called already gone. And it was about the youngsters and the statistics about mm -hmm. them leaving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I just, I, I had to stop them and say, wait a minute, but you know, if I, I'm glad that the God that I believe in doesn't, doesn't follow statistics. No, he does. Because not. if I was, I am, I was a statistic, a lost statistic in the system. Mm -hmm. I should not be here by all odds, mm -hmm. but Christ decided to reach down from heaven and touch me. And now I, you know, I'm the impossible statistic that happens. God does the impossible. So when they come out with these, these polls that say evangelicals, I mean, that's just a title that people give themselves 
you know, and, and they can easily find them. You know, people are more than willing to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they're really not, you know, they need to put their faith and trust in Christ. I mean, if they really did a poll of people that were really born again, Christians, that number would not be that large. So, well, and, and of course that is the truth. Uh, we can manipulate numbers all over the place. And to be fair to the guy that wrote it, he didn't say people that were born mm-hmm. again. He yes, said he evangelicals who yep. claim to be born again. Yeah, but, exactly. And the reality is that, uh, again, you either are going to put your faith in Christ alone, mm-hmm. through faith alone, <coughs> or you're going to put it in the world system. Yes. And there is no... There is no in-between. Yep. But like you, Jed, I am glad that that God has saved me from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we talk about Jed being in prison, but I got news for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a prison just as tight as, as he was. What was it the old, the old uh, writing was? That iron bars do not a prison make, yep. nor stone walls a. a we, we we had a uh, uh, one of the pastors that used to come into the chapel at the prison I was at. His name was um, Bill Barry. He was an associate pastor at Calvary Chapel of Royal Grande, and he came in on Thursdays. And he was an old um, uh, born again hippie from the seventies, yeah. you know, from that whole Jesus people movement and. But it was amazing because he came in and he was able to relate to everybody in prison. And he always used to say, hey, I'm I'm just like you guys. I just never got caught, you know. <laughs> well, but that's true. <laughs> you know. So. I mean, don't misunderstand, Jed. There was a lot of things that I did when I was a young man that could have landed me in prison as yeah. well. And, uh, you know, I wasn't out robbing banks, selling drugs and everything, but I, I drove under the influence many times and. You know, I had gotten at least in mm-hmm. a fight one time when a guy wound up on the ground off of some stairs on a concrete surface. Ugh. If he'd have hit his head, who knows where I would have been. Yep. But that's not the point. The nope. point is that you can be the most upright, uh, self-respecting person in the world. You do all the right things. And you can be just as lost as that guy that's that's... You were talking about who was part of the Aryan Brotherhood or yep. whatever it was that mm-hmm. he was in. And the sometimes the problem is, you take Jed, for instance. Jed, growing up in San Francisco, always out on the streets, always around that kind of culture and all the things that he did, he started to realize what a sinner he really truthfully was, and it would kind of maybe seem a little hopeless. Yeah. But... That's the problem. The problem is that the kid who grows up in church but still never really comes to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ may not have done anything that really makes him feel like he's guilty, right? Yeah. And that's a dangerous place to do because yeah. if you think you if you feel self-righteous, if you feel like you're okay, you're probably not. <laughs> I got we have two moms at our church right now that have wayward sons. One is dealing with a lot of mental illness and the other one is just he's 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 starting to see the 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 effects of alcohol in his life and knowing that he needs help 
and uh, and it's 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 they've started coming to the church last year, right around when we opened up from COVID, and and we've been praying for them for their sons since, and it's almost like their their sons' lives are completely falling apart. And I'm I keep telling them I have to say don't give up, keep praying because that's what that's the Lord is trying to get their attention, and it takes those it takes our life to start to crumble apart about us. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be drug addiction. It can be whatever it is that that you're putting before God in your life. God will will mess that up, <laughs> and He does it on purpose. He puts those things. Like for me, it was it, it took. You know, people talk about how horrible it was that you had to spend all that time and you know going to jail and and all those rough times out on the street. But I don't I don't look at it that way because that was what God had to use in my life to get me to the end of myself. And I, br- I say, bring it on. I'm so grateful. And I, and I pray all the time, Lord, make me, keep me humble like I was when I came to know you. If, there, if I'm allowing things in my life to start become idols or start to become uh, uh, things that are keeping me from being usable by you, please, by all means, shake, make myself, make my life uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I, I pray every day that at least most days— Mm-hmm. that God will instill in my heart to love him with all my heart, all my mind, all my strength. Yes. And because I know in my heart of hearts that I still put some things before him at times, and mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I'm beyond that, but it isn't no. true. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a constant work. <laughs> it, it is. And, you know, it's like it's like whatever— gaps there are, whatever loneliness, whatever uh, lacking there is, I want Jesus to fill that that void, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't in prison. I, I did air conditioning. I had a company. I was clean cut. I was tall. I was fit. Um, people liked me because I wasn't a, a mean guy. I wasn't, you know, but there was a lot of pride there, and there was, you know, a lot of the world just penetrated in me, you know, led me to do a lot of things. Yeah, like I said, I didn't rob banks or anything, but uh, most people would not have thought of me as being a bad guy, but when I came to Christ, I realized how bad I really yeah. was. And, you know, you can be <laughs> you can be clean cut. You can look like you've got it handled. And still be a straight up mess, right? Oh yeah. Well, it's your, it's the, it's the thoughts and intents of our hearts. That's exactly that, right. That God, that God can see, and he, he works with each one of us individually in our own, our, our own way. He does. So, yep, yeah. He, uh, he has wrapped his wings of comfort around me when I needed it. Mm-hmm. He has held me back from things that would be detrimental to my walk, even though they didn't seem like they would be to me at the time. He has removed things from my life that should have been removed and shown grace upon grace upon grace to me. And uh, I know that, that I could never repay him. People get this confusion about, you know, you get the people who, are antinomian, they're lawless, right? Yep. And they say, well, you're saved by grace through faith, and this is not of yourself, and if you try to work your way into heaven, then the shame on you, that doesn't work. And 
and to that point, I agree. You can't work your way into heaven. But to the degree that you should just go and live your life however you want to do it and uh, and ignore the works part of things, that's wrong, too, well, because here's the deal. Jed, you've been saved by grace, right? Yep. Through faith, right? Yep. Not by works, right? Yep. Lest what? Any man should, should boast, boast, right? But does that mean you shouldn't do works? Oh, no. I was saved unto good works. That's, that's what, what the Titus Bible says, us. doesn't it? Yep. And James says, show me your faith, you know, without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. That's right. So he wasn't he wasn't showing you how to be saved by his works, yep. but that his salvation, was the normal outpouring of a regenerate heart yep. is an outflowing of works because you you so love the Lord. You know, exactly. when you get married mm-hmm. and you love someone— and that person becomes one with you, like I said, you're married, you don't do the things to get married. You're already married. You get the, you do those things because you love that person, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And so when you love that person, those works are not burdensome. They're things nope. you want to do. Yep. And so when you're a saved individual, when you're doing the works— it's a joyful thing yeah, to do. It is. You know, you love to serve. I know Jed loves to serve the Lord. I mean, you know, I can see it in how he functions, how he does things. And I can tell you, folks, that I love the Lord. I have no idea why he would have chosen me all those years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have chosen yeah, me. Oh, I know I wouldn't have chosen me. But whether it's a guy in prison, whether it's a guy in a trade, whether it's a guy in a bar— or a guy in a penthouse, God's sovereign hand upon us through faith saves us, right? Yeah. But we have to come repentant, do we not? Oh, yeah. You have to be willing to turn from your sin. You change in your mind about it. You no longer think of sin. Because before I was a Christian, I thought sin wasn't that big of a deal, you know? And, no. and it was like, it was like every, you know, you're, you're, you've got the attitude that everybody does it. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's yeah. not that big a deal, mm-hmm. you know. I, I or you know, it's like I'm not harming anybody but myself. And and then when you you're you're, right. you're basically changing your perception about it. You're saying, you know what, God's right. This is wrong, and I and and I am broken because I've done it. And you and, can you can feel it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you and that's when you you come and realize that the only hope you have is putting your faith in Christ. And when you do that, Amen. that's when a person becomes born again. Amen. If you're just coming to Christ because you want, you know, a ticket out of hell, ticket out of hell, or you get, know, you get just out of want, hell free. You you want you want to be able to be comforted and continue to live your lifestyle. That's not repentance. That's, no, it isn't. That's, you know, you, you and you can repent and 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 agree that your life's sinful. But until you put your faith in Christ, you still don't have salvation. Yeah, there's a huge difference between remorse and repentance. And I'm going to hold Jed over for another show because we're almost out of Mm -hmm. time. But I want you guys to absolutely understand that, that God has sent his son to die for those who will believe. That's right. Without without belief, without repentance, there is no remission of your sins. That's right. And so choose to work your way into heaven and you'll be lost. Mm-hmm. So 
Until we meet again, my friends, as always, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.